Haiti. Now, I've been to Pedigual, I'm not sure, two or three times. And um, uh, uh, one of the things that impressed me about uh, being there the first time I went there was it was after the earthquake. And um, so the folks had been through uh, a trial which is far greater than what we've been through with um, the, uh, the, the pandemic. But one of the things that the folks there did was to put a priority on rebuilding the house of God. Yeah. And uh, it's been wonderful to watch the progress since then, how they rebuilt their church uh, building. And um, uh, the church in Pediguave, uh, I think um, it's probably um, not exaggerating to say, is now a church uh, building which seats um, nearly a thousand people. And in fact, um, every Sunday uh, the, in attendance uh, there are between seven and eight hundred people. And Pastor Jean Claude uh, uh, maintains an important part uh, in the leadership of that church there. And so, um, you know, it's wonderful what God does. Amen? And it's a testimony to how we can come through trials and tribulations and yet come through victorious. And I think that fits in with uh, uh, what Pastor Jean-Claude prayed this morning. Um, uh, as I thought about that, I'm thinking about you know, uh, what pa Pastor Rich mentioned about the house of God becoming you know, <laughs> full. Uh, they've experienced it in Pedigual. And so if they've experienced that in Pedigual after their trials and tribulations, we can believe that we can see it happening here after our trials and tribulations. Amen? Hallelujah. How, how many are excited about what God is going to do? Amen? Uh, the song says, out of the ashes <laughs> okay, uh, will arise. And I, I believe with, there's something going to arise out of our experience that will uh, demonstrate uh, the, the power and the glory of God. And I think that uh, another thing that Pastor Rich has mentioned uh, this morning is that we m must never forget, never forget, that although you know, we were going through those difficulties, God was still moving. God was still working. Do you believe that this morning? I say, well, I, you know, I, I wasn't quite, uh, yeah, I didn't see anything specific, anything. I want to tell you something. Even when we don't see things happening, God is still working. Amen. Hallelujah. And especially in the lives of uh, men and women. And so um, uh, the title of my message this morning is What is Worship? Um, now, uh, I chose uh, to share on this actually over two weeks ago. Uh, Almost immediately after my last time I spoke, okay, and each time I speak, I start thinking about what I'm going to share the next time. And so about uh, after uh, uh, my last message, okay, I said, Lord, what, what do you want me to, to share on? And um, uh, this subject of worship came into my spirit, and so I've been sort of dwelling upon that for nearly two weeks. Uh, and uh, maybe it's uh, appropriate in that, that we are coming back together uh, to, to worship, but it's an appropriate subject. Um, my message this morning uh, will not 
be sort of linear. <laughs> Uh, and that I mean that there'll be sometimes when it seems that I'm coming back and returning to, to, to things I've already said, but uh, I think it, uh, if I do that, it's because uh, it's important to re-emphasize those issues and those facts. So uh, our service on a Sunday morning is called a worship service. And on our sign outside, come and worship with us. Okay. So what does it mean to worship the Lord? What does it really mean to worship the Lord? Maybe uh, uh, it's appropriate to ask the question, is what we do when we come to church on Sunday all there is about worship? What is God expecting from us in worship? Or what, what, what worship honors God? What is it that actually makes worship acceptable to God? Now, a significant part of our worship on a Sunday morning is the time we corporately join in singing and praise and worship like we've already done. And in that, we, we, it's, I believe it's important to remember that, and this is not to diminish anything, okay, it's important to remember that those we call worship leaders actually lead only one aspect of worship. However, that is not to diminish it. What we do at this time, I believe, is a time that ought to have a profound effect upon our lives. When we come and we worship together, there's something, and we praise the Lord and worship the Lord in song, like we've done already this morning, I believe it's important that we recognize that God wants to do something in our hearts and in our spirits uh, as we do that together. It's one aspect of worship that ought to be a significant part of our meetings together. And in fact, uh, um, I, I want to say this morning that uh, and I believe that <coughs> the heart of uh, our leadership and Pastor Rich and myself, that we want worship and prayer to be at the center of everything that we do here as a church. And as we look into the Word of God, I, I believe we will see that worship is something uh, which actually is to be an integral part of our total lives. Put it another way, worship for the Christian is to be a lifestyle. You know, what is the heart of worship? What should be at the center of our worship? And uh, the song by Matt Redman, which we sing often, uh, and which I, I really love, okay, uh, and I believe gives an answer, but I believe it's only a part answer to the question. Um, the song, of course, just to, to remind us, is it says, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. And it says, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the ways <coughs> things appear. You're looking into my heart. And he says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. All about you, Jesus. 
I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Now, for the Christian, for the Christian, Jesus must be at the center of everything. And therefore, in that sense, as the song says, he is the heart of worship. He is the heart of worship. But can I say this, and we may come back to it another way. Um, not only is Jesus the heart of worship, but at the heart of worship is your heart and my heart. It's not just about the fact that Jesus is at the center. Worship really depends on the condition and the attitude and the motive of my own heart. And so in that sense, the heart of worship is the heart. Amen? Every time we come together to participate in corporate praise and worship, the type of worship we, we engage in each Sunday morning, I believe this morning it's an opportunity to enter into and experience the presence of God. You know, when you, you try to do a study of this subject of worship, you come across many things, okay? And, and, and um, I, I read a theologian's definition of worship. He says this, it's about God's revealed person, nature, and attributes with the accompanying preposition that worthy worship is essentially constituted of our reciting this information back to him. Now that is theologically correct. But I don't know about you, it doesn't help me much. It doesn't help me much in coming to deal with the practical issue of how do I worship, what is worship for me. It may be theologically correct, but it doesn't help me in how to do it doesn't help me in how to do it. Um, and what that is really, and, and that's one of the problems with uh, uh, theological schools and things today is that the focus is on the mind's idea about God. But coming back to the song that we've just referred to, uh, although the theologians think about the, on the mind things, when the words of the song says, he is looking into my heart. He is looking into my heart. And true, you see, true worship will also reflect the heart's hunger for God. True worship will reflect the heart's hunger for God. And so the priority of worship is what God's people are for, I, I trust, and what you are for and about. Worshiping God, I believe, as we come together, whether it's individually or collectively, worshiping God makes, is about making room for him to do things more powerfully and gloriously than anything we can do on our own. When we're in the presence of God, when God is present, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And the more uh, closely we align to God's ways, and his will and his word, even in worship, the more freely it opens the door for God to work toward us. Amen. 
you know, a further study into the Word of God, we will find that worship is actually a gift from God to us. It's a gift from God to us, more than one from us to Him. Psalm 92 um, says this, It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness light by night, and so on. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your ways. God wants us to be glad. God wants us to be happy. Amen? And one of the ways... The things that he has devised for us to, to receive the joy, and where God says the joy of the Lord is our strength, one of the ways for us to come, enter into that realm of joy and happiness is to praise and to worship God together. Amen? Hallelujah. And so um, too often maybe a, a tradition portrays worship as an intellectual exercise. But then... We come face to face with the question again, what is worship? And there's only one place in the Bible where this is directly sort of addressed, and that is by Jesus in John chapter 4, verse uh, 23, 24. And uh, you'll be aware of this, and we're going to put that uh, scripture up. It says, the time is coming. Jesus is speaking to the lady at the well. Time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Um, it's, a, it's a subject which is uh, quite large, but... Um, the, rea the background to this um, is Jesus meets this woman at the well in a place called Samaria, which was adjacent to Israel uh, or, or Jerusalem. Uh, Samaria uh, was made up of a, mi a mixed race, half Gentile, half Jewish. And um, the Samaritans, okay, sort of... Uh, worshipped according to uh, what biblically is known as the Pentateuch. That's the only thing that they took notice of, uh, uh, of and used in their worship. Uh, but no matter if, uh, there being a difference between them and the Jews on that issue, the, the issue was that this woman had come and she says, um, you know, that they were to worship at Jerusalem. They would worship in this place or that place. And Jesus says, look, Put that all aside. It doesn't matter where you worship. What God wants, what God wants is not for you to come to a specific place to worship. That's not important. And we need to remember that because even today there are people who say, well, in a, in a, really worship God, you have to go here, you have to go there. These are special holy places. I want to tell you, you can worship God anywhere. And Jesus is saying what Jesus wants, what God wants, God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Um, and see, that, that was not fully understood by the people in those days. Uh, Hebrews, though, goes back and, 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 and explains really uh, how that 
is possible. For in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through the flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have an entrance into the presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. We have an entrance into the presence of God by a new and a living way. And that's what makes it possible for you and for me today to come before God in a way that God desires us to come in spirit and in truth and to worship him because we have access to God's presence. And so we come maybe into this place this morning to worship. But it's not so important that we come into this place as we worship, but as we come into this place, that we come into the presence of God, to be there to praise him and to worship him. And that's what we do. And I believe that's what the exercise of praise and worship is when we, when we come together, is moving from being present here into the place of the presence of God. <laughs> Amen? Because that's where real praise and worship takes place, before the throne of God, before his, in his presence. That's where real worship takes place. And see, so this morning, the important thing is the heart. Where, do you have a heart of worship this morning? Because I believe that's what worshiping in spirit and in truth is really about, is what is in our heart, whether there's reality in our heart. You, know, you see, we, we can come and we can praise and worship, but it, it may not reflect what's in our heart. We may just be going through a ritual. We may just be following uh, maybe some liturgy. And, the, and I think it's the psalmist that, that uh, uh, in, in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a scripture which says, you, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And so that's important that we come, okay, that we don't just go through the motions of, of, of a liturgy or a ritual, but we come with hearts to praise and to worship the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Someone says, the intellect may discover truth about God's worthiness of worship and may choose to do so, but to fully enter into God's presence, to open to the intimacy to which he invites us, only the spiritual capacities of the worshiping heart will suffice. Let me repeat that. The intellect may discover truth about God's worthiness and may choose to do so, but to fully enter into God's presence, to be open to the intimacy to which God invites us, it is only the spiritual capacities of a worshiping heart that will be sufficient. Amen? Only our ignited hearts can delight him. Only our ignited hearts can experience his desire to delight us. Now, there, there are some old catechisms, okay, and some of them are still very good, okay? Uh, but I, 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 I like 
um, what most of them start uh, off with, and it says, the chief end of man is to love God and to enjoy him forever. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? That's a beautiful thing to think about this morning. These were written uh, hundreds of years ago, maybe, by those who were trying to come up to uh, understanding what it means to be a Christian, what it means to worship. And they start off by saying this, the chief end of man is to love God and to enjoy him forever. Wow. Wow. You know, to be a Christian is not somebody who has a philosophy, believes in a philosophy. Not someone who just believes in, 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 in liturgical things. But the chief end of man is to enjoy God. Oh, my God is up there. God is out there. How can I enjoy God? Well, that's what God wants us to do. And dare I say this morning, coming together and praising and worshiping God and allowing the, the presence of the Holy Spirit to captivate us and, 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 and to, and, and to uh, uh, touch us emotionally is all about enjoying God. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? But, uh, Peter says, Whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Wow. Yeah, but the end of my faith is one day I'm going to go to heaven. People, oh, that's what believing God means. I'm not going to go to hell, I'm going to heaven. Peter says, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believe in you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Amen. God wants us to be happy. Well, that's pretty sort of uh, superficial. No, I don't believe it's superficial. What the Bible's talking about is something that's deep within. Amen. Uh, joy. Rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Thank God that we can receive that even in our life today. Amen? I'm not just waiting to go to heaven someday, but I can know the joy, as the, we've already referred to the fact that the Word of God tells us, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Someone else has said, what is on God's mind when we worship him is not how grand was thoughts we have about him, but how passionately our hearts desire him. Amen? What is on God's mind when we worship is not about how many grand were thoughts we have about him or about how you know, well we can express ourselves uh, in prayer, but how passionately our hearts desire him. goes on to say what, what God wants most is to achieve in the interactions of our spirits with us is a transmission of his love and his <coughs> life and his joy. Uh, Jack Hayford, who is a well-known uh, Pentecostal minister in, in California, 
A great man of God says this, from God's viewpoint, worship is a means designed to unlock the human heart that God may answer human needs. Amen? Worship is a means designed to unlock the human heart that God may answer human needs. The worship that God welcomes is neither essentially or primarily intellectual, but it is something that is to be experienced in the heart and in the spirit. Amen. God delights this morning. God delights in our coming to him. God welcomes and honors worship that treasures his presence, that welcomes and honors his presence. I'm not going to go back to it. It's a long story, but you know, you're familiar with in Exodus when Moses uh, was uh, in uh, sort of conversation with God, and there was a problem of sin in the camp, as it were, and Moses began to plead with God and says, no, Lord, you know, uh, God says, okay, um, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to fulfill my promise for you. Uh, you, can, you can receive what I promised by going into the promised land. But, you know, there's so much sin. I, you go in, I'm not coming with you. <laughs> this is an actual uh, conversation between Moses and God, okay? And, 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 and what did Moses say? Mm-hmm. Moses said, I don't want to go up. We don't want to go up unless your presence goes with us. You go with us. And so this morning, no matter what, no matter what in our interaction with God, no matter what, you know, we, we can receive the promises of God even maybe. God will say, yes, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, bless you, okay, by uh, giving you something out of my promises. But uh, the most important thing is not that we, re- we, we benefit from the promises of God, but that we also know the reality of his presence in our lives day by day. We need to take God with us wherever we go. Amen? Hallelujah. And praise God, uh, we, we can know the presence of God with us no matter what. Worship. I believe that also worship also humbles the heart. Uh, what do we mean by that? Well, when, we, when we are worshiping God, what Pastor Richard mentioned, when we exalt God, when we lift up God, it takes our eyes off ourselves and puts our thoughts upon God. And when, when you begin to uh, think about the greatness of God and the majesty of God and the holiness of God and what God has done for us, it does something to humble us in his presence. Amen? Hallelujah. So worship humbles us. Worship that sacrifices, uh, uh, that causes to bring a sacrifice. We sing a song, don't we? We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. I mean, what does that mean? What do we well, the point is we have to sacrifice maybe our own pride. We have to sacrifice our own pride. Um, I think about, you know, uh, 
uh, David. I was reading about that this week. You know, when, when he danced, okay, when the ark of God's presence was being brought back up into, in, in, into uh, uh, Jerusalem and, and, and it, you know, he, um, he got a little bit crazy. His wife got upset because of, uh, you know, he, he, in her mind, uh, he, he was, uh, you know, um, disgracing himself and the way, what he was doing. But he came, he sacrificed his, his pride to praise and to worship God and to welcome the presence of God back into the place that God would have it to be. Amen? And so, you know, uh, we, we need to... Uh, there are so many things that can hold us back. You know, one of the biggest things that holds people back in the house of God are praising and worshiping God and allowing our emotions to, to be involved in praising is pride. I, I'm, I'm not so sure, you know, I want people to see me doing that. Um, people might think I'm a little bit over the top. Well, worship that sacrifices. We, we are prepared to give up everything and anything if it puts God uh, first in our lives. Okay, um, I was th thinking about that, and there was a, the, the, there's a, the, 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 there's a, in my notes somewhere there's something here. It says, you know, um, it's important that our emotion is it's not just important, but uh, we need to be freed from any sense that our emotions aren't to be involved in worship. In, in response to what God has done for us. You know, the, the thankfulness, the gratefulness, the joy, the happiness that we feel because of what God has done for us and what God is doing in our lives. And, and someone made the point is that, you know, when it comes to the things of God, we're very reluctant to let our emotions get involved in, in our worship. When in any other environment, if we are happy and enjoying ourselves, we are quite willing to be exuberant and to let our emotions take over. I've sometimes thought about that when, when I see on TV, you know, some of these um, rock concerts, okay, or, or big events, okay. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, uh, the people who are at these things, if they, they're not afraid to let their emotions go over the top because they feel good about what they are experiencing. But dare you say that that's okay in the house of God? Oh no, that's not, that's emotion. So what is acceptable in other realms to express happiness and joy, okay, is not acceptable in the house of God? Well, I don't agree with you. <laughs> if they can be, you know, um, I, let me go back to an old uh, illustrations I've used sometimes. I had an uncle, and um, he uh, uh, got saved. He, before he was saved, he, he you know, come, going back again to, to uh, coal mining village environment and things. Uh, it was a pretty sort of raucous type of thing. And he used to play soccer. And he used to enjoy soccer. And um, a lot of people uh, go downtown uh, over the next couple of weeks and you'll see a lot of Portuguese flags. You'll see a lot of Italian flags. People getting excited about soccer. 
Well, my uncle says this, he says, some people tell me I shouldn't shout and get excited about praising God in the church. He says, before I got saved, I used to be crazy shouting and, and, and getting excited about people kicking around a bag of leather. Okay. And a lot of people are going to be excited about, you know, the soccer tournament that's going on. And it's just about 22 guys kicking a football around. And people get very excited and very emotional about it and get very expressive about it. Okay? But don't be excited. Don't be, be, uh, let your emotions express itself when you're praising and worshiping God. I want to tell you, God is worthy of our praise far more than a soccer team or even tomorrow night, a hockey team. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. And so God wants us to enjoy his presence. Wow. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. Okay. And so we thank God for the privilege we have of worshiping him. Okay. And um, I just want to just talk about praise for a moment. Uh, pr um, you know, in our mind, praise and worship are often intermingled. Um, someone has said praise is a declaration, worship is a devotion. And um, uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, we, we tend to uh, mix them together, but they, they both count before God. They have both have merit before God. <clears throat> Again, someone has said praise is a means of entrance with boldness into God's presence. Amen? And uh, we, we're all familiar with the uh, Psalm 22, verse 3. The Bible says, The Lord inhabits or is enthroned in the praises of his people. And so praise then, in a sense, invites us into the pre God's presence. It is the place of welcome of his throne into my uh, life circumstances. Again, someone says this, Praise puts us into a stream. Praise puts us into a stream. When we enter that stream with praise, the answers God has are waiting for us downstream. <laughs> That's very uh, encouraging. When we enter that stream with praise, the answers God has for us are waiting for us downstream. Hallelujah. Can we believe that this morning as we come? As we lift our hands to worship the Lord, as we sing our praise and worship to the Lord, we're, we're in a stream, amen? And downstream, there are, God, there are responses, there are answers that God is going to have for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If we don't praise, we become stagnant. If we don't praise, we become stagnant. If we don't praise... We don't move on to what God has for us. Amen. And so we are to praise God when we worship the Lord and ascribe glory to him. Okay. Um, his holiness, uh, someone says, or holiness begins to fill our unholiness. And in a sense, that's what the Bible means when it says this, but we all with unveiled face. And, and to... Uh, Describe that, that means that when we all, okay, come with an open heart before God, 
but beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the same Spirit. Praise God. So in the place of worship, a place of worship we can know what it is for a transforming power of the Holy Spirit to be effective in our lives. Hallelujah. When we worship, a change takes place in us. It should take place in us. Um, we, should ha we should know that God is capable of changing whatever I need to be changed in me. If I will, let him, that is. Okay. Uh, and so when I come to worship God, when I c come to ascribe worthiness to him, I open <coughs> to that uh, work of the Holy Spirit to bring me into a place of completeness and wholeness before God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, this morning, I believe the Lord would have it that we recognize when we come together, as, like we do on each Sunday, that for it to be a day that is set apart for, unto, unto him, for us to worship him, not for our glory, but for his glory. Amen? Hallelujah. But I, I just want to close uh, this morning by, by um, looking at a hymn together. Because I believe that in the end, in the end, worship is a total lifestyle. It is about everything that we do in our lives. Not just when we come to church, but about everything that we do in our lives. And so um, I'm going to put, we're going to go through some verse, the verses of the hymn. And it's, it's a prayer. It's the prayer. If you can just put, start putting that up for me, please. Okay. And it starts off in this way. Fill thou my life, O Lord my God, in every part with praise, that my whole being may proclaim thy being and thy ways. Okay, not for the lip of praise alone, not e'en the praising heart I ask, but for a life made up of praise in every part. Amen? See, that's what I mean by praise, worship, being a lifestyle. It goes on to say, praise in the common things of life. It's going out and in. Praise in each duty and each deed, however small and mean. See, God, God must be in the center of everything. Amen? Well, you know, uh, I don't think God's interested in this area of my life or that area of my life. Uh, I want to tell you God's interested in the minutest parts of our lives. And it's possible to bring into every aspect of our lives, the smallest and the biggest, is possible to bring God into the center of those things. Amen? Fill every part of me with praise. 
Let all my being speak of thee and of thy love, O Lord, poor though I be and weak. What a wonderful thing that is. Amen. Fill every part of me. Let all my being speak of thee and of thy love, O Lord, poor though I be and weak. And then it ends up with this. So shall no part of day or night from sacredness be free, but all my life, but all my life in every step be fellowship with thee. Amen? So I'll just leave that with you. Leave those thoughts with you this morning. Worship, I praise God for the opportunity we have to come together in active praise and worship, to invite the presence of God amongst us and so that God can come and by the power of his Holy Spirit speak into our lives, do a transforming work in our lives when we are gathered together in worship. I praise God for that, but I pray this morning that each and every one of us will know this truth, this prayer, that no part of day or night be free from sacredness, but all my life in every step be fellowship with thee. I believe that's the ultimate lifestyle worship. Amen? God in us. Amen? God revealed in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.